Marc-Andre Fleury notches his 484th victory with a shutout. The Chicago baseball teams put them together. They don't even make a 500 club. Did you see youth, eternity, vitality, and energy in today's Masters? Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Well, I know that all those words I said at the end was a bit too much for you there, T-Dog. I just can't wait to hear what it means. Well, that means green, baby. And Hideki Matsui has won the green jacket, baby. First time Japanese person's ever won the Masters. Do you know how rich mm-hmm. this guy's going to be in Japan? He's going to be like the next coming of Christ. It's going to be quite amazing for him. And they love him over there. Oh, yeah. But when you can win in U.S. soil and a big tournament you know from another country it's a big deal it's a Mm -hmm. real big deal but uh hey potato heads thanks for listening to monday morning couch potatoes we're getting ready to there you go we get into mine golf and baseball today rock and roll Golf, baseball, and a little bit of hockey. That was a nice finish, though. I got to tell you, it was. Uh, what the hell happened to uh, Shoffley, though? Did you see that? I mean, he. Um, I don't know if he got a chance to catch the towards the end. No, I didn't. And um, yeah, he uh, really fell apart early on. He pulled a Wiltberger or a Wilhelm or whatever you want to call it. Just sucked. Really. Yeah, I think he was four over through three, four, and five just between those three holes. And then he had six bog- or six birdies in nine holes going into 16. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, and then that's when he, he uh, on that par three, dropped it on the, uh, uh, on the green and it just bubbled back into the pond. He ended up triple bogey. The first time he's triple bogeyed in, in, in any of the majors, in over like 1,000 rounds or something like that, or 1,000. Yeah, but yeah. that was that was a he was on a tear. Of, yeah, he's on yeah. a tear there. He's one. He's birdied the last four. Yeah, if he was making a charge, well, he didn't birdie the last four, but going into that bogey, yeah, or that triple, I mean, no, he did. And, he uh, he birdied twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Right, 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 right. Which is you know two thirds of Amen Corner, I believe. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean that was and that was heartbreaking. You just see it kind of hit, and then it bubbled back and. You know, he had told his caddy he was he was happy. It's the what he wanted to hit, but I think the wind because the wind was pretty unpredictable today. It was just kind of swirling back and forth, left, right, all that stuff. And 
I think that one, <laughs> he hit it, and the wind just kind of went whack and smacked it right on back down. So that sucks for him. He was really starting to make a run. and um, But, yeah, Matsuyama. Oh, Matsuyama. I said Matsuki. No. No, Matsuyama. Matsuki. Yeah. <laughs> He's a baseball player. I may have to no, redo Matt, that opener. His name is Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama. No, you don't have to redo it. It's an honest mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's cool. But he's actually the first, and this is something I didn't know until I heard later on, that he was the first major champion um, to win, or I'm sorry, the first Masters champion to win with a final round over par in like 12 or 13 years. I think the last person to do it was, um, oh, crap. I should have heard it. Oh, uh, uh, Immelman. What's his first name? Tyler? Trevor? Trevor. Trevor. Trevor, Trevor yeah, yeah, Trevor. Yeah, he was the last one to... Uh, to win despite despite shooting in over over par on the last on the last round. So. Yeah, I mean not impressive. Last round's, you know, bogey, birdie, 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 bogey, birdie, bogey. Probably bogey. He bogey the last three, three out of the, of the four. Yeah. Yeah, the last three out of the four. As a matter of fact, going into that last, you know, he had a two two shot lead over uh Zalatorius, who looks like the caddy from uh he looks like the caddy from um uh Adam Sandler. Oh on a blank. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. He, look, he kind of looks like his kid. He's a young kid. He's like 23, 24 years old. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you you have to see it. As a matter of fact, I think um, Adam Sandler actually tweeted a side-by-side of Zalatoris. Um, and, oh, did he? Uh, and his caddy from the movie, yeah. Looks like yeah, Happy's pulling for you or something like that. Oh, he threw it out there on Twitter awesome. or Instagram or Instasnap or Tweety Dick or whatever that was, all that shit's out there. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, and so he going into that last hole, he had a two shot lead and, uh, you know, he ended up hitting it into the sand in the trap next to the, next to the hole. And you thought, okay, well, if he'd have to, you know, he'd really have to screw it up big time coming out of there. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my God. You're absolutely right. I'm looking, I'm looking at the uh, post by Adam Sandler it says, yeah. have, have a fun day, young man. Mr. Gilmore is watching you and very proud. So it yeah. was like the uh, not the caddy with the beard. It was the the kid. Yeah, it wasn't the bum. It yeah, was the it was kid. the kid. Yeah, with the exactly. blonde hair. His hair's all <laughs> flying everywhere. So is this yeah. caddy? Yeah. So potato heads, if you haven't had a chance, Google that Adam Sandler's tweet. It was pretty good. If you didn't see it, it's it's pretty good shit. Um, yeah. And about the other good story, I think today it was John John Ram or Rom, whatever you want. To John Ram. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty much. I think he was even par coming in today, and they, you know, he had like 20 or 21 golfers in front of him. And then at one point, I want to say after the, um, after he finished 15, I think he was only three shots back at that point. He was at six under. And I think that's when, um, uh, I think it was close. He got, no, no, not three shots back, but he was all the way up to third. He only had three players in front of him at that point. So he was never really in necessarily going to make a run to the lead, but for him to climb all the way back with a real nice, I think he was six under for the day. So, which may have been the best round today. Um, Are we going back to the Masters? Yeah, yeah, just no, yeah, just for today. I think he actually had the best round today at a sixty-six. So he kind of got oh, a yeah. charger at the end. But, yeah, he did. But it was uh, Matsuyama's uh, tournament to win, man. It was it was a good tournament. The course looked freaking beautiful, man. So different from the shit we play on. The oh yeah. And Dead even grass. different from November when they last played. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I got himself over two mil. Nicely done. Yeah. I don't know what that what that is in. Um, what are they over there? Yen or probably no, twenty billion. Close. Yeah. But hey, nevertheless, he's going to be a rock. He's absolutely going to be the most popular person in Japan. I guarantee you that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, sad. Justin Rose kind of flopped a little bit, huh? He was the first two-day leader, and then he just really didn't do much. Patrick Reed, not terrible. Tied for eighth. I'm looking at some of the Kevin Na was in there. You know, no Tiger Woods, huh? Reed had some great shots, though, there towards the end. Um, I think he shot, he shot good the last couple of days. I mean, he, he sucked it up on, uh, Friday, but, and then, you know, made a little bit of a comeback, but he had some pretty good shots out there as well. So did, uh, Corey Connors, um, who he fell apart today. Unfortunately, couldn't hang in there. He was only six under, I think coming in, man, if we can make it to the masters dude, and we can just make it to the, to the final last place still gets 26, six. $26,000 due for playing golf for four days. That Adam Scott was that last place finisher plus 11. Well, I think everybody else, I think he, he, everybody he, else gets like 10 grand yeah. just for playing in it. Yeah. 10 G's. Um, yeah. Except for the amateurs. And this year was interesting. Um, and Matt, uh, Matthew Wolf, uh, who DQ'd, probably just was like, he shot a 76, 79. He's probably like, oh, yeah, I suck. I'm out. I ain't going. I'm just gonna quit. Um, what's interesting is there was no low amateur, huh? Right. All yeah, they, made a they only on had three. Well, yeah, they only had three, and and uh, one. I guess one fifty two makes it as low am a seventy six mm-hmm. seventy six, but uh, only three amateurs. I thought there'd be a little bit more than that, but that's obviously U.S. Open. That's coming up in June. I'm looking forward to that because that obviously falls on Father's Day. It's a nice experience. But, uh, yeah, Masters. Well, wasn't it uh, Matsuyama, what, I don't know, nine, ten years ago, he came in as a amateur? Yeah. Um, and I believe he yeah. made the cut, mm-hmm. right? He was he was probably low low amateur, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would have been only, shit, 19 at that time or 20 or something like that. I know it was a... He was definitely older than what Zal Torres was today. Well, Cam- um, Cameron Champ, you know what's interesting? Cameron Champ, so longest dry, uh, driving distance average, 324.2 yards. Jeez. Why can't we do well, that? And, yeah, and um, I, actually I got a text from one of our potato heads, um, Steve uh, Wilhelm, who said, uh, you know, who had money on Zal Torres, you know, being up there. Uh, the youngster, which I think this was only a second or third major. Um, but I had read something earlier today where um, Matsuyama wasn't a very popular choice for the betters either. I mean, he was only in the, I want to say, I mean, he didn't have a lot of money betting on him either. So yeah, it, it was underdogs. Yeah, you know? I, I picked, uh, I did the, I think it was the Yahoo fantasy like pick for the Masters, and I chose a player that, was not they had like nine guys I didn't pick any of them I picked I felt like there would be a player outside of that group and of course I was correct well and I don't know which hole it was and this is you know as I'm watching this of course I sort of put some of what I'm watching up against my own shitty play and just go you know why can't I do what some of these guys do I know it's because I suck but still um and you, there was a, a drive that that 
I think it was Reed, because um, it wasn't DeChambeau. Um, mm-hmm. He cranked it over the bunker, the fairway bunker. It was 347 to carry the bunker. To carry. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, oh, God. And these guys, you know, that are up there with their, you know, it's a 206-yard par 3, you know, and they've got their freaking 8-iron out there. And I'm like, shit, I think my driver goes like 206 yards. Yeah. I'd be hitting driver on that freaking hole. It's like these guys are just in another world. But, man, it's um, it was a good tournament to watch. I'm sure a lot of, you know, shit, my wife thought it was boring when she, you know, saw me watching golf. But I thought it was a good tournament. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to watch it, but obviously kids had two hockey games each today. So the four games nice. stuck up at the rink for, you know, five, six hours. It was fun. It was all fun. But speaking of hockey, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury records a 66 career shutout, tying Patrick Waugh for 15th all-time, and his 484th win, tying Ed Belfour for fourth in NHL history. Great game playing Arizona. Uh, Golden Knights actually win one nothing. It wasn't like it was a complete crush. It, that's two wins in a row for the Golden Knights. Uh, it's good to see. Uh, they took a little stumble, and Colorado, dude, has been on such a tear. They leapfrogged uh, Vegas for first, and I think they're two points out at 54, and Vegas is like 52 points out. For uh, for you know to get in there, uh, did Arizona? The question is, did Arizona? Colorado did win today, so really that puts them back up at four points out of first. Uh, Buffalo gets a win. Wow, what? That's, yeah, they're winning. The Sabres, the Sabres, nice. man. Colorado gets a win. Pittsburgh wins five two, and the Islanders beat New York Rangers three to two in overtime. Washington. Eeks out? Not really. Eight to one. Crush. But let's talk about Dallas. They lost in a shootout. Three to two. And then the Blackhawks play tomorrow. But the last time the Blackhawks played, which was, I think it was, was it yesterday? Or did they play today? They did win. They beat, they beat Columbus four to three. Yeah, I, I thought I that think, was yesterday. That was yeah. Today? No, it was yesterday. Yeah. Honestly... Yeah. Yeah, this is Monday the 12th uh, schedule. I'm trying to look at the Blackhawks themselves because the reality of it is is they they still have a, a chance to win. Yeah, so they, just, I mean, It just seems like they're slipping away, man. What are they, four points back now in Nashville? They could. I know, we got, I know we're only two-thirds of the season, or well, maybe about a quarter, or we only got about a quarter of the season left, right? Oh yeah, Le- uh, probably less than a quarter, I would think. Well, if they're in the early, the low forties for games played so far, if it's fifty-six, then yeah, that's about. You're pretty much about three quarters of the way done. Yeah, there's only about a quarter of the season left, so it's 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 freaking gut it, check time it, right it, now. It is Hawks. absolutely. I'm looking at the Hawks right now. They're in fifth place. They're still four points out of fourth. That would make the playoffs. They've won one, Nashville won one, so really they you know, they stay remain four points out. They also they Nashville does have a game in hand at forty three, but I don't know. It's gonna take a miracle. It's gonna take a miracle. 
I mean, there's 40, 42 uh, games played, so that there's really 14 games left. Um, 13 games for Nashville. <sighs> I don't know, man. Dallas is only two points behind Chicago. And Columbus, they're they're not that good. <laughs> Neither is Detroit. Detroit's in a rebuild. I mean, Chicago, if they can just get on a just a, they got hot last year. That's what that's what it helped Chicago out. First off, they added the extra they added the extra teams, and then I mean the games, meaning the teams in the playoffs, which got them in. Plus, they were pretty hot at the end of the season uh last year before they ended all the games and then they got back into it so well are you gonna have are you gonna have any faith even if they do i mean defensively they're struggling and giving up power play goals i think they're the worst if they're not the worst in hockey they got to be damn close i mean maybe new jersey or i know nashville's not very good either but the hawks have got to be down there i mean they just they can't they're just giving up power play goals like crazy uh it's just so the penalty killing sucks. I don't know. I mean, are you? It's kind of like, you know, whenever the Bulls sneak in as the eighth seed, and you know, I know basketball is a little bit different, but Jesus, you're like, yeah, okay, well, yay, we're gonna get swept first round, yippee. Yeah, I don't freaking know, man. It's just it's frustrating to watch. It it absolutely is. Um, I don't think I don't think our power play is for this season's doing what it needs to do. No. And I know that, I know historic, I mean, I, I know the la- now, last year, I don't remember, but I know a couple years ago, that was their problem as well. I know they gave, I think they gave up the most power play goals in all of hockey a couple years ago. The last time we had a full season anyway. So I know it's not, it, this is not a new problem for this team, right? So it's something though, I think that they need to take a look at and what can be done. And I don't know what needs to be done differently. I'm sure, you know, you're a hell of a lot more of an expert at hockey than I am, but I mean, you can't, you're not going to win games if you can't kill the penalty, you know, at least yeah. from what I've seen. I mean, it's just, so they weren't good at it two years ago. I'm not sure about the strike shortened season last year, which doesn't, I mean, they didn't even have a Stanley cup last year, right? Yeah. Oh no, they yeah, did. So. Of course they did. They played in a bubble. And, oh, that's right. They did that bubble thing at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, but and the lightning so ended it, up winning it all. That's right. That's right. But anyway, that's, I mean, so that's the thing. It's like, yeah, okay, hey, we can sneak in. We figure out a way to, you know, right the ship here defensively in the last quarter of the season. And then what? Well, right? I, mean, I mean, maybe so maybe Chicago's power play percentage isn't that bad. I'm looking at the numbers right now. And they are actually, Chicago is seventh overall in power play scoring. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about penalty killing. Yeah, penalty killing. Let's talk about that, though. Yeah, what are they? They've got to be close to the bottom. They are 30th out of 31. <laughs> Who's the There's, 31st team? The, the expansion team that n- hasn't played a game yet? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> actually, the the, uh, the Devils. They're at 71.1, okay. and Blackhawks come in at 73.3%. Ooh. Yeah. So big, big hold on that final final spot there. So basically, what one out of every four, they give up a goal one every four or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one out of every four. Mm-hmm. No, it's not good. Nope. Um, I mean, typically your your better teams in in the hockey in National Hockey League are what over eighty percent probably. Those are the teams that are what's what's the top team? What's the 
In penalty kill? Yeah. It's the Boston Bruins, 85.4. 80, okay, so there's your there's your standard, right? 80 yeah. Over 80 is probably pretty damn good. So, I mean, the Hawks yeah, are I mean, over there, so. Yeah, over 80 is 14th out of all of them. That's San Jose at 80.3. You're absolutely right. Well, and, well, when's that? Is the trading deadline tomorrow? Yes, and there's been quite a bit of trades already happening. But, yes, the trading deadline is tomorrow. Oh, so, but I don't think the Hawks have made any significant moves. No, I don't. I don't know if they can. I'd have they to. Just, they just don't have as far as the uh, the. Um, I, I will tell you. I will tell you right now because I am here. The Blackhawks are. They're at the projected cap hit. They're at eighty-five million as a team, and they're zero. They have no. Cap space is yeah, it's all right. Cap space is at zero. Oh, there you go. So they're, well, <laughs> so they're, they have nothing to spend. Yeah, I mean we, the, you know, the Golden Knights have a hundred thousand dollars, so they're not doing anything either. Whoa. And but you know, you're you can have up to fifty contracts. Uh, Blackhawks have forty nine and fifty. We have forty seven of fifty. So we're we're not even fulfilling all of our contracts. But yeah, Chicago, unfortunately. Uh, they've got some cap issues, obviously. Patrick Kane, which is still a good deal, ten five. Everybody else is between six and three million. I don't even know where they're spending all their money. To be honest with you, it's pretty. Oh, that's right, Jonathan Taves. He's on long term injury. That's ten five. Seabrook, Seabrook, who retired, is six point eight. Andrew Kane Shaw still Shaw still out. Uh, Zach Smith is out. And Nylander's out. All those guys are are on IR, long term IR. And they have Taxi Squad, which is the five guys that they can keep and rotate in. At a you know, they've got you know they've got some players, but there's nobody of you know. You're just like, ooh, this is great. Plus, they retain the salary of of Brandon Saad and Oli Mata. So. They've got some, yeah, they got to make some moves cuz uh starting for next season 21-22 season next year they've they're losing they're losing Soderberg, they're losing uh Hinestroza. They did pick him him up. Vinny Hinestroza. Well, that was a pickup recently. Yeah. I know, but I think that But once and, again, and that's not a defense. I mean, they No, no, no. You're right. And everything I've looked up, like everything that I've looked up just coming up into today is for regarding trades, all the, cause you know, they don't have the same um, like, you know, when it comes to baseball, right. Going up to the trade deadline in baseball and the trade deadline, you know, in football, there's not a lot of moves and things like that, but you don't hear too much about it, but everything I've heard up to this point about the Blackhawks is them trading for picks. And, and, and one of them was, um, you know, Cal, you know, them trading Calvin DeHaan to get picks um, yeah. and then, uh, who is the other, the, uh, other one you mentioned just a minute ago? Um, uh, which one offense uh, or defense? Uh, uh Soderberg. Yeah. Soderberg. Carl Soderberg. Yeah. yeah. Talking yep. about trading him and trying to get some picks for him. Everything I've seen is them getting picks to, to go for the future, not them finding some defensemen. Now, is that because we, there's not a lot of big name defensemen out there that are there? Or is it to your point, they just don't have the room and or the capital to make a move and, and they, try to they don't. this defense. 
Yeah, they don't. Okay, well, they de- they didn't de- like. It's kind of like the same boat the Bears are in, where they didn't have the the capital or anything. I mean, at or some the, point, or the cap room. Yeah. to go get a quarterback. Well, so, at some you point, go. you either got to play, keep playing Patrick Kane, or you're gonna have to trade him. He's a ten five hit on your cap. Um, ten ten million five hundred thousand hit. Obviously, he's still in contract for the next two more years beyond this year. And he still has value. I mean, he's still a great player. Are you going? I mean, can you? It, since the twenty fifteen, is it fourteen fifteen? Is when they won their last championship, right? Or was it? It was fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So since that year, the Blackhawks have not been the same, and they've tried to switch some pieces all around. The big, I call it the big three. So you had Kane, you had Taves, and you had Keith. Like those are, and you can even say the big four. You can even throw in uh, uh, Seabrook. But everybody else has either comes in, does pretty good. There's been some good players that have funneled through the Blackhawks. But they, but they trade them. Like you would never trade Panarin. A couple years ago, when he, when he, you should have never traded Panarin, and then you should have, you you let Panarin go, or you trade him away, to get back Brandon Sod, like that made no sense to me at all. You would give away the bread man for Brandon Sod. What 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 did Sod do? Now you could say, well, what did he do? Well, he he won them a championship. Well, so did a lot of other guys that are no longer on this team. And Saad's not even on the team anymore. He They traded him to Colorado. So what did you really get out of that trade? Nothing. Unless you were worried that Panarin was going to request, you know, a lot of money. But you've, you've gone through quite a few players through the Blackhawks that could have stayed. Panarin would have been a great guy for Kane. Uh, there was that, man, the other guy that we traded away to... Uh, Carolina, I can't remember his name, and I'm I'm blanking on it. But it was uh you know an up and coming, oh uh, Tara Vinen. Uh, another one that probably would have been pretty decent. Now, now you've got you know you got Debrinket, you got Kubalik, uh, you've got some decent offensive players. Are you going to keep them? Are you going to let them go? Are you going to trade them away? Are you going to start from fresh? You're going to try to get, you know, you're going to have to lose a few more games and go to the bottom of the list even more to get a possible number one, number two. And I don't think you're going to have the luck like you did with picking up Kane and Taves. Kane was, what, third pick overall? Taves was the first pick overall over the, um, the like, the previous years when they, when they got them. And... I, I I mean I know John Mandela out there is not like a big fan of Taves, but Captain Sirius, I bet when you got to think his his ability to win faceoffs and be on that beyond the penalty kill. Bet you're wishing he was there now, because that's what that's what the Blackhawks need to do. They need to win more faceoffs, especially in their own zone. Well, <laughs> but here's the thing. I can't, let's get back to Kane. I was trying to, my sound must have cut out because you were just totally ignoring me for the last five minutes. 
Okay. <laughs> Kane, Kane has a no trade clause. Okay, which means, first of all, he'd have to say, yeah, I'm good to get traded. Secondly, that means he's probably going to, he's going to want to pick the teams he's going to get traded to, if that's the case. So it's not like you're going to be able to just go out and trade him um, to get to, to get something. Because if you're going to trade him, what do you, what is his value right now to you as, as the Blackhawks? Is it first round picks? Is it, do you need to go after some, you know, good defense, you know, young, good defense or goaltending? I mean, what, what is going to, what would the price be? Yeah. Pretty good players and a couple of picks, but even if you did that to a team that's that he's willing to go to because he knows he can go to and maybe get back to the Stanley cup finals on a regular basis, that's a team that's going to be competing. That's not necessarily going to want to give up any of its young talent and, or the first round picks they do have aren't even going to be really that good. Oh, that depends. And, and I, and I, let me correct myself. He was the first pick overall in 2007, not the third. I think the third pick was Jonathan Taves in 2006. Okay. But he's thirty. He's thirty-two. At some point, and yes, he has a no-move clause. But it's yeah, why do they call it that? <laughs> no move versus no trade. Whatever. It's hot. Well, some of those trade clauses are are very odd and weird, and sometimes it's like a pick a ten-team clause. Uh, you can. You can pick. I think that's what Flurry has. He has a no trade for ten teams, so he picks ten teams that he does not want to be traded to, and then he he comes right back and he can offer that, and we can trade him, kind of thing. But Chicago's, you're you're absolutely right, T Dog. You can't choose. There's no good option for the Blackhawks, and I don't know if it's their. GM that's kind of messed things up or is messing things up or not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. There we go. We're, we're back. We had some technical issues and now we're back. Yeah. And and I'm not sure if, you know, if from a GM perspective, that is the case as well, but I mean, you're not the first, this is not the first time I've heard suggestions about trading Patrick Kane, right? I know you've probably heard the same. I it wasn't Philly. Yeah. Wasn't Philly in the discussion at one point, um, at some point or, you know, earlier this season, they were talking about could, could Philly be a good landing spot for him? And there's that, um, that young defender they have. And that was kind of the, would have been the, the big piece of it. Uh, what the heck is it? Starts a uh, pro pro Provorov. For Philly, name right? From Philly, a defensive. Yeah, I think he's a defenseman. Um, well, keep talking. I'll look it up. Anyway, yeah. Well, no, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just saying that this is. It's not unusual. I mean, I, maybe some of our potato heads are going to be like, "Are you kidding me? You want to trade Patrick Kane? I mean, yeah. he's actually having one of his better seasons. We've talked about that a couple times on the podcast. Yeah, Ivan Provorov. Yeah, Provorov. Whatever. I know he's a pretty good defender, but again. It wouldn't be just for him, but him being part of the deal, I remember something like that. So the Phillies, so again, Phillies, the Flyers, it's not, you know, people have talked about it as a potential, like you said, he's getting up there in age a little bit, 32, and, um, you know, the the money he's against, you know, kind of putting against the cap there. But realistically, you know, at this point, the the, the Hawks are kind of stuck in that, that gray area, right? Okay, I mean, so. Enough to get there and contend, but. 
That's you know. fine. So are, the question really is, are they going to trade away Patrick Kane or not? Do you think they should? I don't, I don't think they should. On what grounds? You feel like, like he's, him. well, <laughs> of course you do. You're a Chicago I, I, fan, I, even I, though you I, live in Dallas. Because I don't think they're going to get what, I don't think they're going to get back what they should get back for him because any team that he's going to want to go to is not going to have what I would feel would be the right capital. I want. I don't want to trade him just to trade. Don't do a salary dump. Don't want that. Well, it's not a salary dump. If they're going to get picks, if they're going to get first round draft picks, yeah. But what if they traded him to? What if they traded him Buffalo? They're not. He's not going to want to go to Buffalo. Why? That's where he's from. Tell him to pound sand. He doesn't give a shit about that. I don't know. Wants to win. I come on. I think you're smoking something over there. He's not going to want to go to Buffalo. There's a possibility that he would consider Buffalo, and Buffalo is having a really bad year. Fine. Is Buffalo going to want to give up a number one pick? Potentially in the top three. Well, right now they or, would, be, or two of them. Right now they're one of the worst teams in the NHL, so they right. could give up. They could, or they give up. I'm looking to see what they have. I, geez, they don't have a lot. <laughs> I think they've traded away some people yeah. recently. That's why they've only got ten wins. Is though? Oh, Jack Eichel. You can, you can. Now he's on the IR right now. Jack Eichel. You could trade him for Jack Eichel. That's not really a. He's twenty four years of age. He's a really good player. If Buffalo's yeah. looking to make a move, potentially have a move that's going to get him, get them to the, you know, Stanley Cup Final. I mean, yeah. there's well, yeah, there's I'm not just, a lot. There's not Bowman, a lot of teams. I yeah, I don't think Bowman would make. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he'd make the move. Because I don't think he'd get enough back that would, hell, enough back that would keep the fans from, you know, starting a starting a riot. I mean, that's just that's sometimes that stuff comes into play. Now, if somebody came and knocked the, his his socks off and Kaner said, "Yeah, I want to be traded and I'll go there," that's fine. But I don't know that that's happening. Yeah. Not, what not What would the Blackhawks need to get though? What would they need to get to trade him away? Well, I besides I mean, him ultimate, saying yes, because obviously he's in no move clause. Right. Well, if you think, if, as far as I can, from a if I can bring kind of baseball into this, depending on when you're trading him, if you're trading him to a contender, more than likely they're going to overpay, right? They're going to put together a package that would probably lean more towards the Hawks from a standpoint of the number of picks or the value of picks and then some good young players. Mm-hmm. And that's typically how it happens. You know, if you're a desperate buyer, you're going to tend to pay more. But if it's something along the lines of a team that's not in that position, maybe in the off season or something along those lines, you're not, maybe not going to get so much. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing you have to remember is some of these teams – they're going to not only are they going to have to look at giving up picks and some good young defensive players or, or maybe even a goalie, but you got to also try to figure out how to squeeze him into the cap because he's making 10, what'd you say? 10, 10 5. 5 million. Yeah. yeah. So some of these teams that they're contending, they probably already have some pretty good players on there that are eating something with cap space and everything else. So sure. It, it's just, it, it's just hard to imagine, um, you know, a team putting together a package to, enough that's going to make it right for Bowman to pull that trigger. I just don't see it because you got to think it's he's probably worth at least a couple first round picks, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Plus, you know, a couple first round picks plus yeah. a good young player or two or probably three. 
And no, I just don't. I, I mean, don't you only, he's 32. You only have two years left on his contract after this year. I mean, there's right, that's go- the other thing. You're, how long, how long are you going to have him when you trade away all those assets, right? Yeah. And the, the other question is, is at what point will it not be a good move? Like nobody would want him if he declines in his, you know, in his pr- production. I don't know. Patrick Kane is, I mean, he's playing Seems probably one of the best. Yeah, he's had one of the best the years. Of game right now. Yeah, he's so. got fifty-two points in forty-two games, fourteen goals, thirty-eight assists. His plus-minus is five, and he's got fourteen penalty minutes. If you can believe that, um, right. I'm looking at his just scanning his. You know, he had one year. He he had 106 points in 82 games, but I'm looking at so even in 2012-13, he played 47 games. He had 55 points, so he's already on pace to possibly just be how he was in 2012. So 2012-13, which that, you know, they won they won the Stanley Cup that year. They played 23 games. He had 9 goals, 10 assists, 19 points in 23 games. He's a proven winner. We know that. I mean, he's played 1015 yeah. games mm-hmm. and he's Three durable. Stanley Cup winner. So, he's definitely a proven Value. I mean, so do you ride that horse until it collapses, <laughs> or do you you trade it in? I mean, that's the ultimate question. John Mandela, we're going to have to get you on one night, dude, and have a conversation about your beloved Blackhawks. But real quickly, the Golden Knights are you know they're kind of in the same boat. T Dog, they're they're at Matt. They have a hundred thousand a projected cap cap space, and they're playing around with. You know, uh, their goalies, like putting people on injured reserve, you know, conveniently to to save money. Um, we don't have a guy over $10 million on the team, but we have $12 million in goalies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Marc-Andre has one more year left in his contract, 21-22. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. He's 36. He's still playing an amazing. He's playing great. He does have a uh, modified no trade clause, which is he can pick. He can opt out on 10 of the 31 teams. He can say, nope, 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 nope. So 10 of them he yeah. can say no to, and then the rest uh, they'd have to look. I would think after this year, he would be on the chopping block. Either they ask him to retire. I don't know if they can eke out another twelve million in goalies. I mean, they've got uh, Robin Leonard for the next. I don't know what one, two, three, four more years. Um, I mean, it'd be great. That's your number one, number two goalie. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of money on Patangelo, who hasn't really hasn't really. Played up to his eight point eight million that we got him for the next ten years. He's thirty one. Shea Theodore's steel, dude. That guy's amazing. He's twenty five. He's young. He's five point two mil. We got him locked up till twenty twenty five. I don't know. We've got. I've heard some stories or rumors about you know we got to get rid of Ryan Reeves. We've got one point seven five million on him and. He literally scores nothing. 
He's just a now he's a what people don't realize about Ryan Reeves is that you don't need him to score. He's not going to he's not going to allow any goals against. But you don't necessarily need him to score because he's an agitator. He's like the the Shaw of the Blackhawks. And he fights. Yeah. You know, it's 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 what you need. Right now he's played 36 games. He has one goal for assists. What does that tell you? His plus minus is zero. He's at 27 penalty minutes. So you you have to have those guys on your team. I'm telling you, you know, I remember telling some people the first year we went to the Stanley Cup final. We just didn't have that caliber of a guy. And uh, the next year, I think we ended up getting him. And I'm like, you know, NHL playoffs, it's not rainbows and unicorns, guys. You're you're not going to see, you know. Ducks and bunnies? No. no that's There's nothing sweet about the playoffs. It's pound, keep pounding, you know, be aggressive. I mean, everything that you can imagine, you know, at 140%. And so you got to have those type of guys. That's all I'm saying. As we can see, the, you know, when you're missing a couple people, a couple pieces of the puzzle, NHL teams tend to struggle, unfortunately. And I guess the same can go with baseball. I mean, look, geez, let's just roll right into the baseball season, right? The baseball oh, season. Oh, God. Do we have to talk about baseball? Yeah, because we've got Not about Chicago baseball. We got about like 20 <laughs> minutes left of this podcast, and then we're out. I don't, Chicago baseball, man. Just uh, kill me. Kill you now. Well, the oh, good thing is, brutal. the good thing is, we're both four and five. <laughs> if there's a good thing, we're we're both sitting at four and five. Yeah, but the problem is the 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 Cubs' collective batting average is. I think they're hitting what my ideal weight is supposed to be, which is one sixty seven. That's what they're hitting collectively as a team. I, th- I mean, yeah. it's pretty bad. I think that's what I'm supposed to weigh. Now I'm significantly more than that because I'm a fucking fat couch potato. <laughs> well, you're probably you're probably um, weighing about what the White Sox batting average is. I'm sure. No, which probably is they're actually hitting pretty good. Don't be. <laughs> which is probably oh, you know I'm just saying which is probably two hundred over two hundred. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I know that. Uh, you know, when the, the the highest batting average on your team is Javi Baez hitting your weight at 242. Oh, then you know, then you know, come on, man. <laughs> then, you know, things are going good. Yeah, I mean, dude, right now that the Cubs, I mean, let's talk Cubs Sox. So the Cubs, they are struggling, right? I mean, and it's yeah. the same problems they had last year. They can't hit the ball. Um, and actually, lately it's been, you know, and again, we're only, what, nine, ten games into the season. So let's not, again, no, no yeah. overreact. But yeah. Runners in scoring position. I think today they were 0 for 6, 0 for 7, something like that in, in the loss to the Pirates. I mean, it was just a crappy weekend. But you're seeing the kind of the same crap. I mean, they just, you know, they get a, maybe a run or two and, you know, somebody hits the ball out of the yard and and then the starting pitchers start struggling and then all hell breaks loose. Um, well, like – so Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, offensively, I think, I think other than – um, well, maybe Chris Bryant. 
I don't think anybody on the team that's qualify that qualifies for the batting is hitting over 200. And when I say qualifies, you have to have a certain amount of at bats. Well, it's just over three at bats or plate appearances per team game um, that's been played. And I mean, they're just terrible. I mean, Rizzo's hitting a buck 33. Peterson, um, who he's not a great hitter for average anyway, he's hitting 138. I mean, Hap and Hayward are both over 200, under 200, I should say. Um, it's just ugly baseball. It really is. I mean, they have, I think they have the lowest on base percentage in, in baseball as well. So if you don't get on base, you're not going to score runs and they're not manufacturing runs. It's just, it's, it's ugly. Um, and if not for the pitching, yeah, we, that's pretty much, you know, we've had some bright spots on in the, well, consider mainly in the bullpen. Um, you know, surprisingly Kimbrell is pitching pretty damn well. And, uh, Chafin's pitching well. Alec Mills, who I thought was going to be in the starting rotation, instead they got him kind of long relief, um, short relief slash out of the pen. Um, and then even Dylan Maples. I mean, he's a guy who's going to strike out a ton, but he's also going to walk a ton. So yeah, you're getting some good things from your from your uh, your bullpen right now, which are at least keeping some of these games relatively close, other than the last couple. Um, but your starters are just struggling, man. I mean, Hendricks. Is, is not pitching well. Trevor Williams, Zach Davies is not pitching well. When your best pitcher is Jake Arrieta. At 2-0, and oh, right? Well, regardless of, you know, whether he has two wins or not, I mean, he's the only one that's really showing any any sort of, you know, spark. And it's not like he's dominating. You know, he's given up a few, you know, more walks than he normally does. And, um you know, I mean, he's up. He's long in the tooth. He wasn't brought in here to be any kind of savior or anything. No, no. Um, well, how'd you feel about today's Wilson Contreras double play moment? Uh, which one? Well, Wilson Contreras today was uh, called out on a double play for going outside the base running. Oh. So. Uh- I mean, how'd you feel about it? Now, I, I was watching it, and I, I feel like, I mean, his hand can easily, you can see his hand is easily touching the base. What, because he didn't slide straight to the base? I mean, you're supposed to round the corners when you're running anyway, so what is it? That shouldn't really matter. Yeah, no. So, I well, just explain it to me, because I missed it. So, so, what happened? So, basically, he slid to the right of the bag, doing what he could to add a layer of difficulty. Oh, it, it was a uh, ground out, and they're trying to do a double play? Yeah, so uh, I don't okay, know who I was. Gotcha. But he, the ball went to the, to, the, went to the first baseman. He was on first. It went to the first baseman, I believe, or they, the shift was on. I think it was what's it, who follows Contreras, whatever. The shift was on, and the guy grabbed it, threw it over to second. He was obviously running and kind of was sliding to the right of the bag, but his left hand could touch the right, the bag. And uh, they did the replay, looked at it, called him out, called the guy at first out because the, the second baseman threw the ball to first base and obviously it was a wild throw. And mm-hmm. then uh, your guy that scored, obviously he didn't score. Yeah, so so you're talking about the slide rule, and that is – um, you know, on a double play going to second base. I mean, they have to make a legal slide, they call it, which is he can't, you know, he's got to kind of come through the base. He can't 
alter the throw. You can't interfere with the throw when you're sliding in. I mean, back in the day, you know, you'd have guys sliding in and cleating somebody right in the ball sack to try to get them to throw the ball into the stands, right? They don't do that anymore. They don't allow that. So when you're coming in, you've got to, you've got to make a re you can, if the guy throwing the ball is on the base, it's essentially fair game. As long as again, you don't cleat them in the, in the cup. Sure. But if you're coming in there and you're, you know, if you're, sliding too far away from the bag or if your leg swings out and you're kind of trying to peel him off his feet, they're going to call that. And that, and this, it, it is, can be a judgment call. I don't know if those can be replayed or not, actually. They were. Um, it was. Yeah, but part of it, I mean, you really have to make a bona fide attempt to get on base without kicking or throwing your arms out or whatever. You can't interfere. And, you know, a lot of that, this goes back to um, with what happened to Chase Utley, which was back in, oh, God, when was it, five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. whenever it was, um, you know, that, that with, with what happened to him, the injury that, that happened to him. So, um, or no, I think he was the one, was it what, him the one that slid in? I'm trying to think back. Regardless. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually, um, he slid into uh, Tejada. Uh, Ruben Tejada from um, the Mets. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And so, and ever since that happened, they came up with these, you know, rules. And uh, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think it's really called necessarily the. Up I don't. Oh, first off, I they didn't call the out on the play. They want okay, to then, review. So then you can, then you must be able to go back. Yes. Yeah. And it just said, you know, Contreras said, I didn't think I did anything wrong there. Contreras said, I did slide within reach of the base. They probably called me out because I didn't touch the base. But for me, I didn't touch the guy, which he, which technically he didn't. Yeah. But the guy had to jump over him to not touch him. (laughs) Yeah. But if you made it, but then he must have made a flailing attempt at trying to disrupt the rule or disrupt the throw. Yeah. So and that was, I mean, Tejada ended up missing the World Series that year because of the injury. So it, it was pretty significant, and baseball made the decision yeah. to kind of change what you can do going in there. So got to protect the players, baby. Got to protect. I missed that. Players. So, but that's what that was all about. Yeah, it's very, it's very sad. Like this podcast that we're doing today, it's very sad, very, <laughs> very choppy. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. Hopefully, our potato heads won't see it because you're a masterful. Uh, uh, you know, paster and cutter. Um, but yeah. yeah, we were having some technical difficulties for some reason on this Sunday night going into early, early Monday morning, April 12th, which actually it is now officially April 12th. Yeah, for you. I'm still in the mm-hmm. 11th. Yeah, so it's a big day for the T-Dog today, and you didn't even didn't even say anything about it. Happy birthday. Yeah, jag off. What? It's your birthday today. Yeah, it officially has been for nine okay. minutes, and you didn't say anything. It's not my birthday. First off, it's not the 12th for me. Oh, good call. Good call. That's right. Happy birthday, buddy. Bada bing, baby. Another year Another well, year towards the uh, six feet under, right? Yeah. Just want to do a little shout-out to the T-Dog for uh, busting my chops. A couple minutes into his birthday, and not really, you know, appreciating it. But uh, I guess for the old 
birthday tea dog we're gonna have to do our very own smack wagon tea dog happy birthday you old old man but don't be busting my balls with only a couple minutes into your birthday for that you get the Lance Lynn had a huge game uh, a couple games ago. He struck out 11 in a shutout. But then the uh, White Sox lost uh, today. <laughs> well, I saw that you put it out there, you know, and you mentioned it in the opening, that, that if you yeah. put the two teams together, they're, they're not, we're now officially under 500. <clears throat> they they can't even make 500. That's what I was saying. Right. They're, yeah, they're, they're 8 and, and 10. Combined, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty uh, brutal, if you ask. And, me. Well, I think from a Cubs standpoint, they not a lot of high hopes for them. They made some trades this year that kind of show, you know, played, you know, kind of showed their cards, right? That they're really not necessarily in it to compete. They're yeah, they've got three big players that will be free agents at the end of this at the end of this year. So they're kind of in that really weird position right now. Um, where the White Sox, you know, they kind of add, added some pieces to get them kind of over the hump and uh, become competitors in that in that AL Central, which which I think they still will. I know they had a huge loss with Elo Jimenez, but I still think the White Sox are going to be able to compete. Um, it will be interesting. I think it's pretty much a four. It is going to be a four team kind of race there at the top. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect the Tigers to really make too much noise, but Minnesota with their their power and their offense. Um, and you know, the Royals, I see the Royals possibly fading here as the season goes on, but I think the twins, Indians and white Sox will really make that an interesting, um, interesting division. So I'm not too concerned from a Cubs standpoint. I'm not, I, it's not looking good. I think we're in, we're in some trouble based on not only on the field, but in the front office too. I think it's, it's going to be, we're going to have some smack wagons running over, a lot of Cubs players and yeah. a lot of Cubs brass as the season goes on. I have a feeling. Ain't that the truth? I did put a comment in there uh, today, and uh, I did say, "Was there any, you know, any questions or any issues uh, with uh, anybody had a question for tonight's podcast?" I know John Mandala. That's where I got the spread. I stole it from him. You know, the five hundred club he's he's very disappointed in the chicago teams i'm sure he's not a white Sox fan obviously because he's he is not but um he is a diehard diehard cubs fan and uh unfortunately he's uh not a happy man when it comes to his hometown team right now well you know and then uh, my buddy kevin williams k-dog he did you know he said what about hockey i said well what about hockey <laughs> oh we definitely hit on that we did but you know he wanted me to follow up you know for the vegas golden knights the glass cody glass is struggling he's one of our he's our first round pick not number one overall but a first round pick uh one of the first picks up for the vegas golden knights and and he is struggling he's not he's not doing what we expected and then martinez alec martinez who we picked up from the kings he feels he's the most underrated D-man in the West. Underrated defenseman in the West. He is a shot blocker. I mean, he's he's leading he's leading the Vegas Golden Knights in block shots 
And he's even scoring here and there. So once again, folks, um, it's been a it's been a hell of a ride so far. And uh, we want to. I wish I had a little uh, key up, like a little happy birthday key up. But uh, I've got something here for you, there, T Dog. Here you go. This guy sucks. There you go, man. <laughs> oh, all the love in the world. Is it really your birthday? Is it really your birthday? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yeah, it really is his birthday, folks. He, he's turning, uh, what, 40-something. Well, we don't have to say how old. I said 40-something. Yeah. But that's okay. You've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast does not make you any smarter than you already are. Or not. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast is for general information purposes only thanks for listening and i'm out of here